All the episodes you will hear on this podcast are the audio versions of the video content on the Great Light Studios YouTube channel. If you would like to watch the video version of this episode, you can find a link in the show notes. For those of you who may not know, I do rely on monthly financial supporters to continue doing everything I do through this platform. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. With all that said, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, Katie, welcome today, and thank you for being willing to come on and and share your story. Um, Before we get into your story, I just wanted to also not necessarily introduce, because a lot of people will already know him, but we have Anthony here. Say hello, Anthony. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So Anthony is going to be doing a bit of co-hosting with me on some of these interviews with, with former WMS members. And so we're going to uh, just be talking with Katie and she's going to be sharing her experiences, uh, what her experiences were as a member of the World Mission Society Church of God. And then, you know, kind of how things have have been, what direction she's gone um, since leaving. So, Katie, thank you so much for being here. And and I'm excited to hear your story. Thank you for having me. I actually wasn't expecting to be able to be interviewed so soon. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it worked out. And and you've been yep. talking with, with Anthony some, uh, mm-hmm. and he, he knows your story a bit better. So uh, he might be, he might be kind of taking, taking the lead here instead of co-hosting, but um, <laughs> well, go ahead. Uh, I that's fine. Actually, uh, you, uh, you reached out and you sent us uh a, a nice like rundown of you know your experience at the church and i'm happy to mm-hmm. be able to you know have that story shared i know it's always a unique experience everyone who walks through although a lot of things are exactly the same whenever you hear somebody's mm-hmm. story like that happened to me oh i felt that way too um they yeah. sort of but everyone has their own unique scars and unique experiences and you know not to say like you know the whole experience is the worst, you know, experience anyone could ever go through, but it definitely is something that changes you. And it's nice yeah. to meet other people who have a similar experience. But, um, and the way that you reached out and you were able to connect, it was through the email address, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, Jordan's WMSCOG answers at greatlightstudios.com. And so I'll put that will be in the video description, but that's an email where. Uh, I have a couple former members that help me monitor that. And so uh, in the past, and, and I should probably say a, a bit of an apology because we were talking about this a little bit beforehand before I started, but I get a lot of emails and uh, it's it's been quite difficult to keep up with them all. And so I know there's been people that have reached out and I might have replied and said, yeah, we should set up an interview. And then six months or a year go by and I realized, oh, wait. I never followed up on that (laughs) or people reach out and they just never hear back from me. And that's not because I don't 
care about your emails or all of you reaching out. And I try to respond to as many as I can, but it's just the sheer amount of time it, it has taken to try to maintain both recording all these videos, doing the editing, creating the thumbnail images, keeping up with the comments. I mean, it's just, this is a lot that goes into it um, that I think, uh, you know, you don't really think of upfront, but, but that being said, I created this, this secondary email to have other former members who can help monitor that and then help keep up with these emails. And so if you reach out to, again, WMSCOG answers at greatlightstudios.com, uh, you might be talking to me or Anthony or Edgar. Um, and so, so that's the email to, to reach out to if you wanna set up an interview, if you want to get in touch with a former member, or if you just have questions related to all this uh, and so on. Well, Katie, uh, again, thank you for being open to share your story and your experience. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your spiritual background, you know, where, what kind of relationship you had with church before coming to the World Mission Society? And then what ultimately, where were you in your life and in your like headspace when you were approached? And what does that look like when you were recruited? Yep. Uh, so I didn't have much of a church background, so to speak. Uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother, who I absolutely love and adore, she, um, she's Catholic. So I might go to church with her over a weekend that I stayed at her house or something. So that's what I knew as a kid was some of the Catholic religion. Um, it was, I didn't grow up going to church. My parents didn't go to church. They really didn't teach anything of the sort in the house either. Um, when I was a teenager, I went to a Baptist church. <laughs> I'd say I got saved when I was a teenager, but I know I didn't. <laughs> um, well, what, what brought you into the Baptist church? <laughs> a boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> <at the time. laughs> So the boyfriend was going to church. He and his family were like, oh, you should come with us. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like I knew church was supposed to be a good thing. So I'd go to church with him every Sunday. Um, I was baptized there. Uh, they had me do the, the prayer to be saved, but it didn't make me feel any different. That's how I know, you know, I definitely wasn't saved. I was just doing what somebody told me to do. And um, mm -hmm. when we broke up, I stopped going to church with him, but my parents had started going to a Baptist church that was right down the street from where we lived. Uh, so I started going to church with them. That might have lasted a few months and then we stopped going. Uh, and that was it for my church life until I was in WMSCOG. Uh, I remember it was end of 2020. It was like before Christmas and I was in Walmart Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember thinking like, you know, I think I'm going to make it a resolution for next year to either get back in the church or at least do Bible study or something. Like I had that feeling like I should get back into it. And my husband is also a Christian. Uh, we both believe in God. We've both been married twice. We're in, we're each other's second marriage. Um, and so at Walmart, I was approached and I was asked, hey, would you like to do Bible study? And I was like, okay, 
sure. Like this is what I was literally just thinking I wanted to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to do Bible study. So we exchanged numbers and it wasn't until the beginning of the new year, I think that, uh, we finally started and it was virtual. Um, If I ask a a quick question, do you think that um, you're looking for faith had anything to do with one, it being around Christmas time and then two, just going through the experience of COVID, like having that Mm -hmm. sort of isolation and this like what's going on in the world feeling, was that a part of it? Because 2020 was a very unique year for preaching. I remember like- yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I I wouldn't say COVID had more to do with it. More so, me seeing what it brought out in people, okay. like the worst. Um, and yeah, the fact that I was looking to get deeper into my faith and such had a huge impact. Um. So yeah, <laughs> they scheduled they scheduled the virtual Bible study with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did one. I think the first one we did was on Passover, okay. and it was that or the Sabbath day. I can't remember which one went first and which one came next. Um, but I remember like before I started, you know, I prayed. I was like, you know, keep my mind open. Don't let me be like judgmental. Don't let me misinterpret anything, ironically. (laughs) But I also was very ignorant to what the Bible said. I had no idea. I never read it front to back. I Mm -hmm. knew Genesis a little bit and Exodus a little bit. Like, you know, the main stories and that's kind of it. So, yeah. (laughs) What what was their approach in Walmart like? Could you t- talk a minute about that? I guess like my my curiosity is is what was your and like very initial kind of um, you know response or, or how did you perceive them right up front? I mean, e- even down to like how how like the type of people they were, how they handled themselves, how they were dressed, and then what what were the things they said? Because I um, you know, you, people would, will wonder like, how do people get mm-hmm. mixed up in groups like this? You know, that's kind of the thought of like, oh, this would never happen to oh, me. Yeah. But, um, I mean, was, was there something about how they approached you, how they were, how they looked, how they handled themselves? I mean, anything there you might mention, um, in terms of that initial Walmart, uh, encounter. So from what I can remember of it, it, I only saw one of the girls there might i know that there were two um i don't remember what the second one looked like though but the one who actually asked me she was one of the um more senior members of the branch and uh she was smiling she were dressed nice i'm sure they were just i'm sure it was a saturday i'm sure it was between services or something and they were (laughs) out preaching um and she came up and you know she said hi there, sorry to bother you, but, and she said, you know, um, I want to say she mentioned something about Sabbath day, you know, or the Passover or both. Uh, she said, you know, we're going around, um, just seeing if you'd like to join Bible study where you'll learn things such as Sabbath day and the Passover. And I'm sitting here like, you know, I've heard of those things. 
but I don't know about them. Mm-hmm. And so while I'm already in my mind wanting to know more about the Bible and what the Bible teaches, and here are two things that I know are in the Bible that I don't know about, here somebody is offering me to learn. So I was like, yeah, and I'm not going to lie. We exchanged numbers. And then because of my personality, it's hard for me to say no to a complete stranger and possibly hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, So I was kind of hoping that she wouldn't get in touch with me again. (laughs) But she did. And when she reached out, once again, my mind went to, okay, this is meant to happen. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So yeah, we'll go ahead and schedule the Bible study. And it just went from there. And even, I don't remember which one it was when she did do the study on the mother with me, it it blew my mind. Like all I could think, cause the whole Elohim thing where Elohim mm-hmm. is God plural, like that's how they get you on that. I didn't realize later what Well, I didn't realize until just recently what that actually refers to, but they use it as a way to say, you know, you have God the Father and then you have God the Mother. That's why they say Elohim and they use it in the plural sense. I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's no way. Like, really? Yeah. They're so sweet. You don't want to question them or like you don't think that you need to fact check these people. (laughs) No. (laughs) And they're coming straight through verses in the Bible. The church experiences that I'd had weren't a lot out of the Bible that I can remember. And so the fact that she was connecting verses in the Bible made me think, oh, they teach out of the Bible. Like, never mind the fact that it was literally a verse here, a verse here, a verse all the way over here, and a verse over here. Never a chapter, never a book never any context around it it's nothing but the context that they give you based on their interpretation of the doctrine so that's yeah (laughs) but when you're seeing this for the first time and you you believe that like wow like the holy spirit is really guiding this they're Mm -hmm. showing me like bits and pieces and connecting all or it's like a magic show almost Right. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. they connect I'm the like, word oh my here goodness. and a word there. It's it's mind blowing. Like I literally, I was one of those people who was blown away, and it's like, oh my goodness, how have I never been taught this? And then you get into them talking about how the other churches don't know and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I th- I, let me ask you. Oh, go on, Jordan. Well, I was just going to say, I think I think it's important to emphasize that description you just used of a magic show, Anthony, because that's that's the when I walked out of my first sit down with Edgar, actually, um, obviously, um, I probably knew the Bible a bit better, at least than than some people who encountered this group. And so I wasn't in any way thinking, oh, this might be true. I knew it wasn't true, but I walked out of there like, man, that was a, a. you know, a wonky thing that just happened. Um, <laughs> and it really is because it, it's, it's, and the, the parallel that I could just kept coming to my mind was like a magic show. It just felt like, 
you know, it's like, oh, look, mm -hmm. I got this coin over here. But when I do this, what do I have? And it's like <laughs> yeah. abracadabra sort of thing. And then you're like, oh, wow, how do you how do you do that? Oh, this must be true. He must be magic. But really, mm -hmm. it's because they're behind the scenes. They're practicing daily hours upon hours exactly how they're going to, you know, what verses you string together mm -hmm. when you say this and then you say this next and then you point to that over there. And, and it's, it's a, you know, thought through planned out, uh, uh, manipulative, um, a, approach yeah. to the Bible. And, and so it, it does mm -hmm. catch people off guard and, and that's sort of this, I think this wow factor that they want to get across to people. That's why they, they plan their mm -hmm. studies the way they do. Cause they want people to say, Oh, wow, look at how they understand the Bible. But really, it has nothing to do with context, it has nothing to do with, right. uh, uh, you know, the original language of the text, it has nothing to do with trying to figure out what was the author's intention, who was the audience he was speaking to. It, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with, um, you know, any proper hermeneutics. It's just about trying to, you know, having a, a preconceived destination in mind. And then just mm -hmm. figuring out, okay, what can what verses can we pull in to arrive at that destination? Yeah, you can make like a flow chart, being like, if they say this, then you say that. If they say that, exactly. then you say this. Yeah, it's 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 all yeah. pre-thought out for you. You don't even need to think about it as a member. You just have been trained to know exactly how to respond to every single question, every single yeah. argument. But um, one of the things also I was going to ask you about, because you did have the Baptist background and the Catholic background, mm -hmm. and they go in heavy speaking against the Catholic Church. How did that make you feel yeah. about your upbringing and about, you know, your your Christian faith before coming into the group? Did it make you kind of feel any sort of way about, you know, your upbringing and your past with Christianity? I mean, I will say... Um, I was not a fan of Catholicism before this. Uh, okay. I mean, I was a fan as a kid uh, because my grandmother, like she, I will, I'll still say to this day, she was an angel on earth, love her, love her pieces. Um, but something that truly like scared me and made me cry literally when I was doing a Bible, st Bible study with uh, this person was when she said, you know, if you don't celebrate the Passover, you can't go, you can't get to heaven. If you don't know father and mother, you can't get to heaven. And the first thing I thought of was my grandmother. And I'm like, well, my grandmother, she was Catholic. She, she would have never been taught this. And all they could say was, you know, God is a just God and God knows your heart. I'm like, well, they better because if you're telling me that my grandmother <laughs> didn't make it to heaven and her being as good of a person as she was and as faithful as she was, like given faithful in the Catholic realm, although I think even she didn't like it towards the end of her life because of something they did to her. But that's another story. <laughs> um, well, yeah, they, they definitely do feel comfortable bending their doctrine when they feel like it's going to jeopardize somebody's mm -hmm. uh involvement with the church so mm -hmm. they will say clearly unless you do this you go to hell unless you right. celebrate passover and keep the sabbath and all the feasts and tithe da, 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 you go to hell that's the only oh, thing yeah. but then when you when yeah. like a new person is like well what about my grandma what about you know all mm -hmm. these other people 
they'll tell you, oh, well, you know, like, like you said, God is just, right. everyone will be judged individually. It's according to their deed. So is it according to people's deeds or is it according to what you're teaching? Because you're right. saying two very different things and you know, they're, they're going to yeah. bend their doctrine to sound better. Cause it's like an onion, you know, like the outer right. layers that they present to you is more benign. But as you get deeper into their teachings, the more exclusionary it becomes, the more difficult it becomes to find salvation. Um, and that's when the teachings get really strange and weird, when you get more involved and deeper into it. But what they're teaching you at the very beginning when you're learning is, well, you know, they'll, they'll trim it back, they'll make it more palatable for a new person. Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, oh, well, you know, it's just according to, you know, God's judgment on them individually. Right. So, yeah. And they'll go back to the whole, oh, if you if they didn't know the truth, then they'll be forgiven. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, then why are you telling me right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, why'd you open up your mouth and tell me? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't go out there. preaching then. You're yeah, so many right, people exactly. are more likely to get saved because ninety-nine percent of the more people condemned. aren't gonna want this this baloney about right. a South like Korean a, mother if, God. So, and then it's so, like, you know, and if it's your responsibility, if you pass by somebody and you don't tell them anything, like then their yeah. blood is now on you. I'm like, yeah, that you learn a lot later. So yes. obviously that's not something that's going to turn you away right away. Like, you know, your grandmother possibly going to hell. <laughs> well, but yeah, explain what they taught to you when you first arrived, what was salvation? Uh, salvation was keeping, like doing everything. You got to keep the feasts. You got to keep the Passover, especially the Passover. You got to get baptized. Um, but before I, your baptism, before you decided to join, did they say before, all the things you needed to do in their eyes? They, they didn't. <laughs> um, I kind of had to ask and when they were telling me about Passover for one, I was like, oh goodness, I need to keep the Passover. How do I do that? And they're like, well, you need to be baptized first. I'm like, oh. And then, then I go into, well, I've been baptized in my life. So what does that mean? Oh no, you gotta be baptized under, you gotta be baptized again under the truth. Yeah. They haven't told me about on Song Hong yet. Just keep oh, naturally. Oh, wow. They hadn't told me about mother either at this time. Uh, cause this is about Passover. That was like the first or second study that we did. I was like, okay. So, and whenever I would ask, which was probably after the second or third study, I asked what the name of the church is and all they would tell me at first was church of God. I'm like, yeah, they didn't want you to Google it. Right. Eventually they did tell me the whole thing because I said, yeah, I was trying to, to find the church, but I couldn't like, I can't like, there's so many church of gods out there. And, um, so when she did tell me the full name, it was after I had said, and like committed to going to service for the first time the mm -hmm. next week. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm sure there's going to be bad stuff. I'm sure there's going to be good stuff. Like there was about anything. So I kept an open mind and that's part of my problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I Googled it. I probably did find more 
bad than good. But then I made the mistake and I was like, oh, well, they'll say this about anything. And I looked at my sister's church. My sister goes to Elevation, which. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and they were saying the same kind of things about Elevation. I'm like, see my point. Like I was looking to prove my own point. And uh, so that was it. And then I think that was after I learned about Mother um, and the Tree of the Water of Life. Something. I don't the remember all of this. Yeah, tree of Life. Life. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I don't remember the titles of them all anymore, but. <laughs> um, so at and, what point yeah. then did you become uh, introduced to Song Hong then? Anthony, oh, My real quick. My very first service. <laughs> Your very first service. Uh, uh, okay, I want to hear more about that. But Anthony, can you say can you say his name so I, I can learn how to properly pronunciate it? This is just something we need. We need to get this off. We need to get this I off I probably don't table. even say it right either. <laughs> it's Ansung Hong. So Ansung the, Hong. The, There's a yeah, Hong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ansung Hong. Okay. Ansung yeah. Yeah. Hong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah. it's almost yeah. a double O on song home. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like in phone, that kind of O almost. I just saw a message actually from a former member who's left uh, who said, I used to hate you. And one of the reasons I used to hate you so much was because you mispronounced his name, <laughs> Really? Yeah, which I just I just find ironic. And now she's you know, she's out and she's 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 come to the you light don't. yeah yeah so yeah don't i just care. so it's something any, I thought anyways, about, to be yeah. honest but it's like <laughs> oh, you know really? it don't matter yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, i'm never gonna really say the name ever again anyway so it doesn't yeah. matter right so <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah but so um, it was in in the first study you said that you were introduced for service for service for yeah, service yeah. in person so, service yeah so then what were your thoughts? I mean, I guess, what was it that, was it just the full blown, this is second coming Christ, you know, you have to trust in his name. You can't be saved through Jesus. Was all that kind of laid out on the table? Uh, and then what was um, your initial thought about all of it? So it was very interesting kind of because the ones who invited me obviously didn't know that that was going to be the service and they didn't, they knew I hadn't learned about him yet. So I show up, I go to the service and that's all it's about. And I'm sitting here like, okay. And they get up and they immediately all look at me and they're like, has she run away yet? Like that sort of thing. And I'm like, so I have questions. And so, um, we went upstairs like where we, it, we were in a house branch, uh, so where we served was in like the lower level. So we went upstairs to the dining area and we, I was asking my questions and I'm like, so, you know, how do I know this is idolatry? How do I know this is actually Christ come again? Um, I knew a little bit about it from what I saw through Google, like, but I, I still couldn't wrap my mind around it. So I was waiting for answers and uh, they, you know, pointed to all the verses in the Bible where, you know, he's, um, you know, he, he comes again before the rapture and before the end times. And, mm. and uh, eventually you get into how, you know, he's going to come in the flesh again. And, um, 
So they, did they basically you in like answered me enough. immediately. Like, did they throw you in like and just bring you to a room with a Bible and a board and just teach you everything right away? Like, as <laughs> soon as you had that service, was it like panic? And then they were just like, okay, let's <laughs> throw information at her, or was it paced out? I'd say they actually responded better than thinking of how I probably would, knowing what I know now. Um, there, like the dining area, there was actually a board in that room. Um, so we were sitting there. He's like, you know, go to this first, go to that first. And I'm like, okay, okay. And it made enough sense to me that made me feel comfortable believing that this is true. And I'm like, okay, well, you, you've proven it to me, basically, through what you've shown me in the Bible. And again, that was a big thing, teach from the Bible. <laughs> which you know <laughs> but uh they were able to answer my questions which you know we know that you know they practiced that um but yeah i think my biggest concern at that time was you know after you find out about what idolatry is which i honestly didn't even know about until like recently and um once you learn about what that is it's like, okay, so now you got to worry that this is what you're doing, is you are bowing your head and worshiping a false god. And so that they had to prove to me that this was actually God, and they did in enough sense at that time that I was able to believe it. So your Sadly first service, enough. was it um, was it somebody delivering it, or was it a video for the video. first? Okay, and then... yeah. My other question is during your first service, when they do the prayer of her wishes, which I'm not sure if Jordan's aware, but at the end of the service, um, everybody will then uh, say a prayer in Korean simultaneously, like all at once. And it's probably the most culty <laughs> thing <laughs> that they that they upfront do. Um, it, it's very bizarre for, for new people. Like people usually just like freak out their first time seeing it or hearing mm -hmm. it. Um, but what was your response to this? Uh, uh, what Anthony, can you recite? Is it a long prayer or is it, is it just, it, it, it takes like a, like a minute. Um, okay. Well, let's not, let's it's not all in that. Korean. It's all in Korean. <laughs> um, yeah. But everybody it goes kind says of it in, but you yeah, say it in it, Korean. Everybody yeah, would say it in Korean. Say it, yeah, yeah, you say it in Korean. And what's yeah. the, what's the gist of the prayer? Like, what what is it? What is so saying? What the English translation basically says, like An Sang Hong, like Father An Sang Hong, the day of your coming is drawing so near, and we haven't prepared anything. Mm -hmm. Let us be reborn in um, through your Holy Spirit, so we can meet you on the day of your coming without any lack. That's okay. The, uh, yeah, English version more or less yeah but that's in, the gist of it yeah, but yeah. It and it's just it goes so it, fast it, like yeah yeah it, it's it's uh it's very difficult and if you have a hard time just saying on sung home imagine this whole <laughs> <laughs> right right so after they this video is on, which they don't choose which video right. uh, typically to watch, it's told to them this is what's going to be for this service. Right. After that point, after this video that's already been chosen uh, is played for you, and it's all about you know Ansung Hong, and 
they bring you up, you then study um, about, you know, basically about second coming Jesus must come before the end of the world to repair the mm -hmm. truth that was lost. Right. You know, and they, they show you these things and at least puts your mind at ease. After that, how long was it until you were baptized? Like I decided that day that I was wanting to get baptized. Um, that was kind of a whole, I'll say like everybody has heard by now the love bombing. Yes. That had a lot to do with it. Um, that and like what Michelle has talked about and probably you at some point, they're countermeasures. So when the fact that I was questioning and I was like, okay, well then they knew I had looked up the church online as well. So then we went into the living room and they played the, the videos cartoon. They played um, a video of uh What's the organization, the We Love You Foundation? Oh, they played the We Love You Foundation video or the, uh, and the, probably the uh, introduction video to the church was like, mm -hmm. well, look how many churches we have in Korea. It was, yeah. yeah, they showed a good, at least four or five videos to me. And I will say whatever they ended with had me very emotional and tears and happy tears. Like I felt, they really did a good job making you feel welcomed and comfortable and like you were within a family, like very first time you're there. And I wanted a church family. Like that's part of the reason I wanted to get back into faith is I wanted to have that family. I'd seen my sister going through a hard time. She joined church. She had a church family. And I was like, you know, I feel like that's what I'm missing in life. So that feeling overwhelmed me. And I remember I looked over at um, the one who had invited me in the first place. And I said, I think I want to be baptized. And she was like, wait, say that again. And everybody got quiet. And I was like, I think I want to be baptized. <laughs> and everybody got all happy. Um, but they had to call a deacon, I think, to, to come and to this branch. You. He's mm -hmm. probably over a little bit of a drive away, not to give out yeah. locations. Three or four hours away at least. And but so it took a couple weeks. At the end of the day, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. They were they immediately messaged the missionary asking if somebody could uh come baptize sometime soon. And they asked when I'd be available. And I was like, Well, you know, next Sabbath day. He couldn't make it the next Sabbath day, so it was the one after. Um, okay, so, so immediately you had the plan that you were going to, and then how mm -hmm. how do they interact with you throughout the weeks leading up? So from that Sabbath day, you had two weeks mm -hmm. of uh, time in between. Were they continuously like inviting you to come over, or was it like how often were you coming over in that time frame to study? Um, I think I was actually asking at the time when we could do Bible studies, given with my schedule at that time, I had to do virtual mostly. Um, yes. So it was whenever the, the sister's availability was as well. Um, so yeah, like like within those couple of weeks, we scheduled out a few Bible studies. I couldn't tell you what they were, um, but I remember, I mean, I'm, I told you in my email, I was that in it to win it person. Like yes. I wanted to learn it all. I wanted to move far. I thought I was in 
the spot I was supposed to be in. I was part of the church I was supposed to be part of. Um, so, yeah, and actually, because it just popped in my head again, what you were going to ask about that uh, prayer of our wishes. Um, the sister had given me the card that mm -hmm. has the prayer on it, and it's just the English. She's like, you're going to hear us, everybody say this prayer. Um, you obviously don't have to read it because it's in Korean. I know you don't know it yet, uh, but here's what it is. And when I was sitting, it felt awkward, to be honest, when I was sitting there and everybody else was saying the Korean prayer and I'm just reading it and I'm like, I don't even know where they are in this prayer to know what they're saying. <laughs> um, but that was another thing. I'm like, I need to learn this prayer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on it. And one of the members there actually was studying Korean. So she helped me learn that eventually. And even when I learned it, I couldn't keep up with the pace to say it right. Like, I, my whole time there, I don't think I ever fully said the prayer beginning to end without having to stop at some point because I lost my place among. Yeah. Everybody else. <laughs> Probably me too. <laughs> Ten and a half years. Probably <laughs> me too. <laughs> but no, uh, it, it's, it's very difficult. So so you're in it to win it. Um, so you probably breeze through your basic studies, um, mm -hmm. meaning that they have like a regimen of studies that you're supposed to, to do. Like it's like a checklist. And then yeah. you need to go through it in order for you to be considered a talent. And then they need you to mm -hmm. tithe. And I believe that you need to go preaching. Uh, were you finished with your studies by the time that they had you go preaching or were you still in the middle of them? I I was still in the middle of them. I don't know which feet, like I would go out preaching, but I wouldn't actually uh, in, approach like approach people. anybody myself. I'd be with another sister or the group of us would go. Um, but I wanna say I was in the first or second Feed My Sheep book before I started approaching people. Um, and that's still to this day, I I never feel comfortable. I'm not that person. Um, it's I never feel comfortable going up to pure strangers who don't know me from the person next to them. Like, it, and here you are. And it's like, I had to keep in my mind, I was that person at some point and look, Look how this helped me. Like I have to be that person. I have to save these people now. Like, or at least try. About it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you know, actually, yeah. one one of the things that like I've come to to realize, I'm not sure if you'd feel like this is is true or not. Most, you know, what they call fruit or new people who come in, they don't come in from street preaching. Like you and me, we both did, but mm -hmm. it's it's a rarity. It definitely is a rarity. Like yeah. you go out week after week, but it's usually like, Oh, this is my, my friend from, you know, work or my friend from school or my cousin or, you know, like referrals. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what I've realized is why would they keep focusing on non-connection preaching and just street preaching is because you kind of gather at the church and you sing together, you build this like uh, bond with each other you go out into the world and then you get rejected and you, it makes you almost feel like everything in the world is just hurtful and uncomfortable mm -hmm. and unhappy and people treat you very badly because, well, you're, you're annoying 
And when you go up and you interrupt their day, and then you come back and you get to share this bonding experience with them, it's not really in order to bring people in, but I believe it's more to keep people indoctrinated and for them to feel even more separated from the world. When you were Probably. preaching, now that I've explained like my perspective of it, did you mm -hmm. feel like a different way about the world outside than you did before? Like, did it oh, make you feel uncomfortable? I assumed everybody was going to say no to me and everybody was just going to want to turn away from me as soon as I even said, hey, sorry to bother you, but like, mainly because, and again, it comes back to when they approached me. I'm too nice of a person to do that, but any, like, I know if somebody's like me, they'll listen to what I have to say, but they may not yeah. go anywhere in there. And that's fine. Like, if, and I eventually had to get used to them saying, you know, I'm busy, I'm in a hurry, you know, I gotta go. I'm like, okay, well, I understand. And then I would say I understand, but then the person I'm with might try and stop them and continue to try and be able to preach for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that would make me feel really awkward. I'm like, it's awkward enough that I'm going up to some random person asking for their time to talk about their truth and they want to get away and I'm willing to let them go. But mm -hmm. now I got somebody who's like fighting for them to stay. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, when they've already, embarrassing. they don't consent once they're like, you know, I, I right. don't want this. Yeah. So yeah. going through your experience, uh, get into the, uh, the next part during your journey in the church, you know, your involvement, and then eventually, I guess, some of the red flags that you started to, to notice because the love bombing, it fades away. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to build up with other things that replace it, a little bit more mm -hmm. guilt, a little bit more shame, a little bit more responsibility. Um, at least that's what most people say, uh, You know, not to put words in your mouth, but if you could kind of go through what happens after you've you know, been given this, easy introduction and things start to get real. So, um, let's see. So basically, you know, I went through feed my sheeps as fast as possible just to find out that I couldn't download the app to keep studying until I hit like six months in or something like that. Oh, could you uh, explain um, what the feed my sheep is uh, for those who might not know? Oh, uh, yeah. So the feed my sheep books are a set of books to basically teach you how to preach on these different studies. So um, you're basically meant to keep, to take them with you as far as I was aware to when you went preaching. So if somebody actually did give you their time and you said, you know, we're, um, we're just trying to, how did I say it? We're just out looking to see if anybody would like to join Bible studies. We learned things like the Sabbath day and the Passover. Do you want, would you like me to show you more about those things and see if you'd like to, to join? And um, if they said yes, you'd open up your feed my sheep to whatever chapter Passover's in. And then you would like go through it with them kind of quickly showing them, you know, this is why this is necessary and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so the feed my sheep is, I took it was the basics of a full study. It's the very, outer layer, so to speak, yeah, of the study. Yeah, almost like it's recruitment the fundamentals. training, too, yeah. Right. 
And once you get done with Feed My Sheep, you move into the sermon books. And um, I had gotten one of those, never finished it, but that I was with them nine months. And so that's how much I went into those. You have to practice your Feed My Sheep books with your mem with other members three times per chapter. Um, so go through the book three times, have them sign off on it before you can get your next one. Um, and then there's all the other books in between that they want you to read to the green book, the brown book, uh, Moses, remember them all. There's yeah, a yeah, yeah. mother's book. There's, there's a yeah, the chosen yeah. ones. Um, there's so many, there's so much reading material. And for me, the feed, the feed my sheep thing was hard enough because I needed people to sign off on them. And with me not being there every single day and only there for one service at the beginning of my time there, uh, my time was very limited to get these things done. And a lot of the times I would get there in the morning, we'd on Sabbath day, we'd do service, get done and go out preaching. We wouldn't go into studying. I had no time to practice. Um, so the fact that I even got those done was great in my mind. Yeah. Um, I had to do them virtually a few times, but you know, got through them. But my experience was basically, you know, I'm going Saturday mornings only. I didn't like not being able to go to all three services. It eventually started weighing on me because I've been there so many months and I've done so much and I didn't have time to finish some of the stuff I wanted to finish that I wanted to be there longer. And mm -hmm. I wanted to go to the second and third services and I wanted to go out preaching with them, even though I didn't really want to preach. Yeah. I wanted to do it because that's what we were supposed to do. Um, and then eventually my husband, he was the big reason why I didn't do all the stuff. I didn't spend all day there. Mm -hmm. Eventually he's like, you know what, if you want to do it, just go ahead and do it. I'm like, okay. So. And you probably thought the, that father, mother opened up the way they saw oh, you. Oh, I did. Heart. <laughs> oh man. As soon. Cause I remember the interaction, my husband and I were texting at the time I was at work. Yeah. And He's like, if that's what you want to do, then just do it. And I'm like, okay. Were you bothered? And I cried. I probably. Okay. <laughs> so he was just being like uh, considerate and, and giving of that time just because he knew you wanted it so much. Right. Like I'd been going there for a while at this time because this probably happened maybe after six or seven months in. Okay. Um, so I've You're been like, going there a lot and eventually on occasion, I might've stayed for the second service and left right after the second service. And even when I started going to all three, I would leave after the second service, go home, spend time with my husband and come back for the third service. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I cried in, happy tears. I was praying to father and mother saying, you know, thank you so much. You moved his heart finally. But in my, what I got lost with is I got something I wanted, but another thing that I should have wanted was my husband to join me. If I was in the truth, I should have wanted that time with my husband. 
Um, and there was a time where I did, but I eventually knew he didn't want to hear anything about it because he saw me trying to do all this stuff that I didn't have to do, but I'm obviously doing it because I think I have to do it for my salvation. Yeah. You said before and, you wanted to go preaching because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that they make you feel like this is a requirement, this is an obligation put on you, yeah. you know, the fact that you feel that way, you know, the compulsion to do that, it's, um, it's very mm -hmm. telling of how they guilt you into these feelings. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you so don't want to miss the blessings. You probably noticed you becoming more stressed and your time being absorbed, mm -hmm. and, you know, so with yeah. with that, um, I guess, can you speak into that a little bit like that part of it? Because obviously you and most other people that come into this group are doing so because like you, they're wanting to discover more of God. They're wanting to find mm -hmm. uh, ways to grow their faith and their understanding and relationship with him. And and so obviously the, you know, one would think that if that's something we're we're attaining, if we're actually finding that, then that's going to result in, you know, some of the things that the Bible promises, like peace and uh, mm -hmm. joy, like uh, 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 our lives improving, not just, you know, externally, but but even beyond that, more than that, in internally. So I guess with mm -hmm. with that, like what um even just looking back on your experience now, can you talk a bit about like internally what you feel like it was, it was doing um, what, and, and basically, I guess my question here can be summarized in, was this giving you peace, uh, peace with God, <laughs> peace with yourself? No, <laughs> um, I might've, I might've thought in a way it, it was like, I was happy to be around the members of my church. I still love them all to this day. Um, they were a joy to be around, but I never looked forward to going out preaching. Um, I acted like I did. I'd smile and, you know, oh, let's go. Let's, let's all go to heaven together. That's 99% of us. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, once you're out there, it, it literally became just an obligation. It's like, you have to do these things. It's no longer I wanted to, it's that I had to. And preaching was the biggest one that I didn't ever really want to do. Um, but they're like, yeah, you gotta, you should be preaching to this many people and you gotta keep track. You know, here's our tracker that we keep each week. Make sure you track your numbers each day. and. When you get the app, you can track them on there and we'll record them and send them in. And Oh, it it's exhausting just thinking about it, to be honest, because it comes down to the fact, you know, I didn't have that kind of time every day. So I was literally finding reasons to go to the store, to go to the mall, to go any public place so I can get at least one preaching on that, like on that thing for each day. Otherwise, you feel like you fail. Can I yeah. just? This is. Um, there are people who make a full time income doing that exact work, whether it's 
door to door salesmen mm -hmm. or selling selling insurance and, and the the amount That's of why I could never mental, be a salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just I don't I don't know. This is something that it it's I guess just one one of many countless frustrations, incredible frustrations I have when I hear things like this because the degree to which like this organization is taking advantage of of you, they are getting free labor to yeah, have you doing doing in every way, maybe even more so your your level of commitment and time that they're giving that you all are giving to this this labor. Uh, you know, beyond what even some who are doing this as a job, the amount of hours and time and mental energy they're putting into it, you guys very often, I would say, are putting even more into it. And yet, they're, it's not only that they're not, you know, uh, uh, paying you for this labor, but on top of that, they still require that you tithe to the church. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it's just the the whole you, when you step back and think about it from from that aspect of it and and, and you consider the fact that, you know, at the top levels, it, it would seem that I mean, this organization is being it's being ran by a business and how just the the degree to which they're taking advantage of people by by, oh, we can use religion, we can use the Bible, we can use, you know, threat of hell even. Mm -hmm to get these people to do all this work that's going to grow our organization that's going to bring in more revenue but we don't have to pay them not only don't do we not have to pay them we can get them to pay us on top of it uh, yeah. I, I don't know it's just there's not really words to describe how frustrated that makes me for one thing and just how oh, yeah. revealing this is of what this group is uh, and just how how incredibly unfair uh, that is to all of the the countless members who are who are living this out day in and, and day out. I'm I'm willing to believe, or even bet, I guess, that they feed off of people similar to me, I guess, who are very ignorant to what the Bible says. Because tithe is actually another thing I didn't know about. I know. Like I didn't, I heard of it. I know you have to give to the church, but I'd always made fun of that. Like you should never have to give money. Like, <laughs> but I think that's coming also from a Catholic's perspective too. Um, you know, pass the collection plate, everybody. You know, the more you yeah. put in, the better your blessings will be, that sort of thing. Um, but I, I'll never forget one day, it, it was just another stressor that, like it turned into another stressor for tithes. Um, I would, I remember one day I got to the church and usually I would get there like a half hour early. And I realized I didn't have the correct change to give for each service. And I was like, well, can I just give my full tithe in the first service and that can just cover the whole day? I was told no. You have to have something for each service. So I panicked. I was like, well, I will hopefully be back in time for when service starts. And I went down the street to the store, had to get changed, made sure I got back. And they were already singing hymns when I got back. And I felt terrible that I missed the start. And 
it was because money is not a stressor enough already. Now you have to make sure you have something for each service that you go to on Saturday. <laughs> so just to, just to clarify that. So every typically they want you to give your 10% tithe at the first service, but then you're talking about the blue mm -hmm. envelope offerings. So in addition to 10% mm -hmm. of your income before tax, they want you to additionally offer uh, something separate. Now the tithe mm -hmm. goes into an envelope with your name on it. The other one is completely anonymous. Like it's not going to be recorded for your taxes or anything like that. This is just something additional that you give and it has to be every single service. So well, every single Sabbath Except day, third service. day. Yeah, yeah. You don't <laughs> do it on third. Third day is like the, the one exception for it. But um, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, funny, funny enough, like they say, see, we're not money hungry. Otherwise, right. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely like uh, that's a stressor. Um, and the fact that like, you know, circling back, like I, I think it was really telling when you did say like, that's what you're supposed to do talking about preaching because it does circle back to what you said about other people's blood being on your hands. Like you think that if you don't tell them and because you didn't stop that person and then they don't hear the message of salvation, then they're going to go to hell and they're going to go to hell because you didn't do enough. So not only mm -hmm. are, is that going to be something that someone's like, God's going to look at you and say, Oh, you had it. You knew the truth. I gave you my precious truth and you withheld it from this person. And now look at how they suffer because of you, you know, now that person goes to hell and then they're going to look at you too. And they're going to say mm -hmm. like, why didn't you tell me? Like, that's the right. sort of image that they will put into your head. And, yeah. you know, imagine that weight of the world on your shoulders. Oh and yeah. Then, it was awful. And then you have to go preach and do this very uncomfortable thing. Meanwhile, and then heaven you know, forbid that they said no, like yeah. my parents, I would talk to my parents about it. I talked to my dad a lot about it and he was brought up. It was my, my grandmother was his mom. So he was brought up Catholic. He left that when he became an adult, he did not agree with it. He's, I'm pretty sure he's full agnostic atheist, whatever you want to say right now, but he does not believe. And, um, I would talk to him about it and I'm like, you know, I need you to believe. Like, I need to make sure that I see you in heaven one day. Like, I mean, and still to this day, that's on my mind, but not, not nearly as bad as it was back then. Like when I was in WMSCG, hmm. it was, it was terrible. Like every time I talked to him, he'd tell me why he doesn't believe. And I'm like, but, 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 but the Bible says, but the Bible says, but the Bible says. But. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. can you, can you clarify something real quick to me about the, about the, the tithe? Um, you're talking about the 10% of your income tithe that is required on Sabbath, but there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's at least four Sabbaths a month. So how, how does that <laughs> pan out? I mean, surely that doesn't mean every Sabbath you're giving a, the full 10%. Are you like sparsing that out on those different Sabbaths or how does that work? depends on your, your, your paycheck. So if you get it every week, you give like, usually people get paid on Friday. So you mm -hmm. go, you take the 10% before tax, you go, you prepare that. And then when you go to the church on like early morning on the Sabbath day, you provide it every week. Hold on. So 
10% before tax is what they before tax. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So of course it's a thousand dollars. So not your actual income. Like yeah, not what <laughs> you're, you're actually not... getting. No. Right. Not what the paycheck yeah. says. The gross like, total, the not the net. <laughs> yeah, the gross, not net. Yeah. So okay. if you get paid a thousand dollars, you might keep seven hundred after tax, but you have to tithe one hundred dollars. So you mm -hmm. keep six hundred dollars. And then you have to take from that $600, you have to give an offering every Sabbath service, so three services. And then for the feast, they ask you to give a bigger amount. And then once a month, there's a brown envelope, which is like a $30 minimum. Um, and that goes into different directions. Uh, Kelsey had just spoke about this uh, on the live stream yesterday, but, and then there's, you know, food offerings and all, it's just, it's endless. Um, mm -hmm. so that, that 1000 that turns to 700, that turns to 600, that turns to pennies. Ultimately your you whole that. life should be an offering. Like you're, you're yeah. ultimately offering your entire livelihood, your person, your life to this church for your own salvation. This is criminal. You're making your sacrifice, even though somebody else up. already made the sacrifice for us. Exactly. <laughs> and they, they do say too, that if you earn a thousand dollars, right. And you keep 700, unless you tithe that uh, $100, like you are stealing. Like if you skip your tithe, you didn't steal a hundred dollars from God. You didn't steal that hundred dollar tithe. You stole the whole $1,000 you earned. So is that, is that things that would have been explicitly taught to you? I mean, like what you just said, what why was that the mentality you had what, what in what way was that communicated to you guys the where you knew oh if i don't give this much that means i'm i'm stealing this much from god like was that wh where did you get that idea from the sermons um there's video sermons that are sent out there's text sermons that are available however in order to watch them you need to have a login credential to their mm -hmm. website yeah they don't they do have public sermons that are out there but they're not going to talk about tithe or the end of the world or you know great destructions too much you know they they limit what's public and then they have the deeper that they flood the internet with these like very uh softball videos of their doctrine but then the deeper more mm -hmm. scary things are um you need passcodes to get into it Yeah, I think I had an actual Bible study on tithing. Uh, so the person who was doing the Bible studying with me, she was the one who specifically said, you know, we have to we have to give. Otherwise, you're stealing from God. You're stealing everything from God, mm -hmm. not just what you didn't give. You're stealing it all. It's like, oh, uh, so it, yeah, and this, they the really thing about put it in your head. And the sad thing about that scenario there is that you had a victim of of that <laughs> abuse just passing along her own victimization mm -hmm. onto you unknowingly. Right. But it's just this, right. you know, cycle uh, that, that really she, this person I'm, uh, who taught that to you and passed this guilt and and you know burden onto you. Uh, wasn't, you know, 
she's not to blame. She's not, she's just a right, victim right. as much Poor as you thing guys was, were. But. I think she's 10 years younger than me. Like that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's true. And, and that, that again, is a very important point. And I appreciate you bringing that up, Jordan, is that sometimes we look at the people who uh, indoctrinated us, brought us in, were our handlers, and we look at them like they're these bad people. But in reality, um, I was also <laughs> one of them. Um, and I believed what they believe. And I, you know, I did the same thing. And I didn't do it because I wanted to hurt somebody or I thought I was doing anything wrong. I thought I was saving the world. I thought I was saving someone's life. I thought I was doing God's mm -hmm. work. And, you know, like I love bomb because I really just wanted this person to stay and mm -hmm. not be scared off and not be, you know, taken away from the church, which I thought was the only means of salvation. So, mm -hmm. you know, I did the same thing because of what I was indoctrinated to believe and I thought was the right way, God's way. So, you know, it, it happens with them too. Like, you know, I don't blame them. I don't want any harm on them. You know, like you said, Katie, these are, these are good, you know, people who you care about, mm -hmm. yep. but it's just the church has made them do bad things mm -hmm. without right. them being aware of it. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever stop loving them. Like they, they're amazing people. I never, there is not one moment around them that I didn't like being in their presence and talking to them and just having a fun time. I don't blame them for any of it. Um, Keep them in your prayers. And if, huh? Keep them in your prayers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause I just pray that eventually everyone that I went with will come out of it at some point. Um, it's, it's terrible to see somebody younger than and i think just almost everybody in my branch was younger than me that many people getting yes. sucked into it now that you know now that i'm out of it and i i know the truth about it it's so sad knowing that they're still in it so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and it like hurts um, a little bit that i don't even talk to them anymore <laughs> would, would yeah. they reach would they talk to you if you reached out to them or have you been completely shunned they probably talk to me um until they see this interview maybe <laughs> right <laughs> um they i know when i left the the girl who initially brought me in she would reach out to me make sure i was okay asked if eventually she was asking if i wanted to do a bible study again you know like i i got to the point I was answering her sometimes but I got to the point where I just couldn't keep making excuses I couldn't keep lying to her I just stopped talking I stopped responding okay. I felt terrible um so yeah like and the the weird thing is my sister-in-law she actually sees her every six months because um she works at a dental office that her kids go to oh and wow so she's like oh she <laughs> says ass. hi and I'm like <laughs> <sighs> oh. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I love her to death, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not about to open that door again. I can't open that door again. So. Yes. So, so I, what I heard was that you were ha through the church, you were having a little bit of, you know, complications with your husband. And then also you were having some complications with your dad. Um, 
Would you feel like the church was causing some complications with a lot of your social life outside of the church or? Uh, looking back, probably. Uh, I think I, like, I still talk to my dad a lot. We were, I'm daddy's little girl, so I'm his best friend always and forever. But uh, I wouldn't talk about anything about church to my husband because he didn't want to hear it. Um, okay. Not spending time with him was terrible. My sister, I kept trying to bring her in, her and my niece. Uh, she actually did come out to a picnic with me to do, and she sat and did a study. This is when uh, DC members were involved. Um, so I got to meet some of them at that point. And my sister met a bunch of people and she sat down and did a study. I forget which one they did for her. It might've been the Passover. Might have been mother. I, I don't know. Because I had been doing feed my sheep to her sometimes because she would listen. But she, she, I know she was rolling her eyes almost the whole time I was talking to her. Um, but yeah, like now she would tell me, she's like, I'm so glad you got out of that. Like we would talk, but we wouldn't. I tried not to talk too much anymore about that because I knew how she felt. Mm. Um but again, at the same time, I wanted her to join me. I wanted her to leave her church and come to ours because I wanted her to be with me. And I wanted something to prove that I was in the right place, I think. I wanted that fruit. Yes. I wanted to okay. bear that fruit. So I knew I was doing something right. Mm. Oh, because you feel <laughs> guilty when you don't, right? So. Exactly. Like you go out preaching, people say no. Some people might sign up for a Bible study and it won't go any further than that. And you just feel guilty. It's like, when am I going to have somebody join? Like, am I not? Am I not in the right place? Am I not doing something right? Am I saying the wrong things? Like, what do I have to do to make sure I'm successful within this church? Yeah, and, and it's it's a, it's a yeah. only a momentary relief when you do bear fruit. It really is. It's just like and I never did. Thankfully, you bore you bore <laughs> fruit today, and you feel so happy and you feel so good. Mm -hmm. But then you know after you know either they stop coming and it's just devastating, mm -hmm. or they you know continue in the church, and now you have to bear another one. You have to right. keep. You got to keep doing it. It's it never, never enough. Yeah. So right. like, even if you did bear fruit, like it would only be a, a temporary high <laughs> of like feeling yeah. so good about what you've done before you feel guilt and shame again. But kind of like um, finishing a, one of the books. It's like, oh, I finished yeah. it. Okay. Here's another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, the, it's a, it's a rotation too. Once you read the books and it's like, well, you know, you don't really absorb it on your first read. You have to read it again you have to go and through again. again. This one read the book a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, it's, there's so many things. Um, all of this, all of this, I think is just so accurately summarized in, in uh, Matthew 23, where Jesus, you know, pronounces the, the woes on the Pharisees and just the description mm -hmm. uh, of the behaviors and the practices of the Pharisees where he, you know, he talks about uh, woe, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside also may be clean for 
Uh, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So it's just this fundamental neglect misunderstanding that this or organization has and then teaches members to have of an emphasis that is placed almost entirely 99.999% of the emphasis is placed on outward conformity, outward actions and behaviors and practices and, and the tithing, the preaching, the, the, all these, these things that you are required to get to do. And then just listening to you, the fact that within a year of being in this, the degree to which your mind was just consumed with this anxiety about, oh, I'm not preaching enough. And, and what if, mm -hmm. what if that means that that says this or that about me and what I'm doing and where I'm at, just the fact that, that within a year of you joining the supposed true church of God, that that was the, the internal experience. That was what your mind was being consumed with uh, is, is just so incredibly revealing about, about where the emphasis lies here. And that is mm -hmm. that it lies on getting members to, to just exhaust themselves, to make the outward look good while inward, you know, the leadership is, is dead men's bones. And I think inwardly the, the members who are being victimized by the organization itself, uh, you know, outward, they might look good inward. They're dying and they're, right. they're, uh, they're starving and they're miserable. Um, and it's just, it's, it's such a, to me, clear demonstration, just all the things we we've talked about leading up to this point, um, just that the pharisaical behaviors of this, of this yeah. organization, it's just, I think it's uncanny. It's, it's just so, so vivid when, when you just hear mem former members, like your, like both of you guys just describe your experiences. Yeah. I mean, you're told, uh, and I forget, what caused me to get told this it might have been because it was close to thanksgiving but there was something else too it's like when they do prayer don't pray with them say your own prayer because they're praying mm -hmm. to the wrong god uh if you have i think i had a funeral i went to don't sing amazing grace with them it's the wrong version because amazing grace as we know it is to god and jesus Whereas they do have a hymn of amazing grace that goes to Unsung Home. So, yeah, yeah. so they, they definitely don't want you to participate. They, they, um, they create this um, boogeyman of the spiritual world out there. Like, yeah. if you walk into another church, like, demons are flying around ready to pounce. <laughs> and, you know, if somebody says a, a prayer, to the name Jesus over your food, you're now eating food sacrificed to an idol because they believe yeah. in a, a, a Jesus, not the Jesus. That's what they teach you. Um, and that the- Like, oh, Jesus you know, is real, but yeah. there's somebody after him that's more important now. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. then basically the devil goes by the name Jesus now is their uh, their spin on it. But basically. You, um, so you, 
you were looking for God, they approached mm -hmm. you at just the right opportunity. You were also looking for like a, a church family, that kind of experience mm -hmm. that your sister was having in a church that you weren't really interested to join. And mm -hmm. they came mm -hmm. at the right time at Walmart, oddly enough, being the right place. <laughs> And you you were passionate about it, but you were being withheld from really being able to participate to your heart's desire until mm -hmm. your husband released your your time with he him. Let, he he released me. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's he's you know he he's like go. It's 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 fine if this is what you really want to do. So mm -hmm. now, without this restriction on your Sabbath days, with this new. Um, open availability to go to the to the church. This is about seven months in, I believe you had said, which is getting close six to or the seven. End, six or seven months in. So this mm -hmm. is towards the last bit of your time yeah. there. Uh, tell me how you, it went from being like, I'm all about this to I need to get out of here. It's, <laughs> you know, this is not the place for me. Yeah, talk about so, the red flags. Yes. Yeah. So I, looking back, I now see that the more exposed I was, the more time I got to spend around it, the more I figured out um, there were, there were other questions. So there was more demand, there was more demand from you basically. Um, so I was all excited. I could go to all three services, but doing that every week plus third day service plus whatever preaching you had to do throughout the week um any festivals or feasts uh which i think there was one that i had to keep during that time that i could do all of them and i kept passover these were the ones that you had to get up and be at service by five in the morning during the week so i'm getting up at oh probably three thirty in the morning Mm -hmm. to get ready, get to church before five, then go to work for eight hours, then go right back to service, go to service, probably even go to service in between because there was a service in the middle of your work day. So I had to leave work, take some, use my sick time or personal time or something to leave, go to service for a few hours, come back, finish work, go back to service. Then it, it was, exhausting and i do remember it was around thanksgiving time my place of work was doing a uh like a food drive for homeless veterans and i was like i was all excited i was like hey i have a church family now that like i could get people on this and given part of that was kind of selfish because you know if you brought in five food food items you've got to be you've got to claim a day as a casual day so you can wear jeans to work. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, every five items, I got a church family, let's go. Because <laughs> you can't wear those jeans to the church, so you might as well wear <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, so I posted in our group chat, I was like, hey, we're doing a food drive where I work. If you wanna donate anything, feel free to bring it to the church and I'll get it on Sabbath and I'll be able to bring it back to work next week. Nothing was said, nothing responded, nobody brought anything that week. The next week, I posted again. And then the leading person messaged me, who's the girl's husband, um, 
he messaged me saying, I need you to take that off the group chat. I'm like, oh, okay. Immediately, I was like, oh my goodness, what did I do wrong? And I was like, I'm sorry if I did something wrong. I didn't mean to. I'm like, I really like, please forgive me if I did something wrong. And he's like, I'll just, it's fine. I'll explain it after service. Well, what they told me when, and I had to ask, they didn't remember to just tell me. Um, he said that this sort of thing helps somebody in the world and that keeps them in the world. You're not doing anything to help them get to heaven. You're not helping their spirit. You're not helping them come to God. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and he brought up, you know, I was in the Air Force, I did Toys for Tots, and that was a big no-no. Can't mm -hmm. do Toys for Tots anymore. Nope. And I, was, and I thought of my mom because my mom would do that where she worked. And I was like, oh man. But then, you know, I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, that really can't be right. Like, there is no way God wants people to starve. No. I understand the whole worldly thing, but the Bible says that you shouldn't have to worry that God will provide on things that you need to live. So God's not going to let you starve. So, but they don't teach you that part. I think it's in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. They don't teach you that. Yeah. That um, so I left service that day. And before I went home, I bought a whole bunch of food. And <laughs> I did that for several days. And I brought in a bunch of food to work for the drive because they told me how my heart was in the right place. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't want people starving. These are people who served our nation, who served our country yeah. and they're homeless. Like they need our help. Like if they're willing to give, to sacrifice their lives to help people they don't even know, then what are we doing saying no to them when they need us? It's, so. Yeah, it, 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 and that's, you know, they created the We Love You Foundation and that's supposed to be right. something that goes beyond faith and beyond anything, you know, so they, they try to participate in it, but it's ultimately the purpose of the We Love You Foundation is to bring people into the church. Like it's right. a front group for the church. And then and it's like a big um, blood drive, I think. <laughs> yeah. So the only, they don't care about homeless veterans. What they care mm -hmm. about is getting credit for giving to homeless veterans. Like, I'm sure that the church or, yeah. you know, they want to take pictures with them and, and the veterans. They want to take pictures with them with banners and all this stuff. That's how they want to provide because they want to take mm -hmm. photos so that they can use yeah. it to show their charitable work. But if it's coming like in secret, you know, if they're doing something behind the scenes, they don't want it. Like, obviously, like, look what happened with you right. at this situation yeah. where you had an opportunity to help people who serve their country, who are now mm -hmm. suffering, they're homeless, they need food, and they had an yeah. opportunity to help. And they told you to remove the post so they don't even need to look at it. That's how much it affected right. them. So, yeah. you know, they don't care about any of the things that they say that they care about. They just care about the photo credit. So right. they're not going to get that from your job. So that's right. That's a little bit of 
reason why and uh, uh, jordan you're probably looking up like when you give like don't let your left hand know what the right hand is. <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> you know yeah well i'm actually <clears throat> that 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 was definitely in my mind but i'm just looking at matthew 23 still open before oh, okay okay he says uh <laughs> you know they they do all their deeds to be seen by others for they make mm -hmm. their phylacteries broad and their fringes long and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace being called rabbi by others um and then he says uh well, he talks about how you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in, which is just another thing that stands out to me here, but a bit of a different point. But yeah, it's just that idea that, you know, when you go out and pray, Jesus would say, don't, you know, go, go in secret. He's go in the secret place mm -hmm. where, where right. your father in heaven sees you don't do your deeds to be seen by others. You know, when you're about mm -hmm. to do something, don't, don't sound the, the gong and make a big show of it. And that is exactly mm -hmm. what they do, right? Oh, we're going right. to go out and, and do a public service. Well, what news organizations can we get a hold of? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what, what a perfect modern example of, of the precise behavior that, that Jesus said, don't, don't be this way. Don't do this. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, every, everything they do in regards to these things. And the, the We Love You Foundation itself is just uh, a a big, nice, shiny, uh, whitewashed tomb that is is there, exists mm -hmm. to, to, you know, just let everybody know how wonderful this group is. While inwardly, everything it's doing is self-serving. The whole existence of this organization we love you and the WMS as well. The whole purpose is just the self-serving um, purpose. That That's what it, it's not about serving others. It's not about self-sacrificial um, giving and doing and working for the, the betterment of, of those they're actually serving. Uh, it, it's its ultimate goal is just to better its own position in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I can't tell you how many times I prayed for me to do something, something that was worthy, not thanking God for anything, but I was under so much pressure to do things, to bear fruit. Oh God, Father, Mother, please allow me to bear fruit today. Please allow me to go out preaching. Please allow Bible study to happen. Like, and then when you're out of it, you realize that wasn't, that's not what you should be doing. Yeah. You shouldn't be praying for your own self-righteousness, so to speak, your own self-worth. Yeah. So, yeah. So as you continued on after this event happened, after this kind of like red flag with you seeing a little bit more about the character of the church, um, continue explaining like other things that maybe helped lead you out. Uh, one of the last things I did with the church was this big preaching event where members from other branches came to our area uh, to help preach and to go preaching with us in our area. And a few of the members, it was crazy. I say crazy just because I just don't understand it, but um, they would be very pushy. And I'm not pushy, so I can't understand that mindset. So we were out in public. We got kicked out of Target 
uh, we got kicked out of the mall. <laughs> like, this is how pushy and obviously pushy. Like, they had a guy looking for us all around Target for like a half an hour because we kept moving and just every single person that was passing by, one of us was stopping. And, yeah. and Target like, was the worst they to preach don't play music. So it's very obvious when you're preaching. It's oh, very yeah. quiet. And they don't they, music there, so it's like these people are trying to get past you too. It's like yeah. they see you already trying to get people in front of them, so they're trying to just move past you without looking at you. Don't make eye contact. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, this. I un, I get preaching, but I definitely started thinking, you know, if I were to preach, I like the way I do it, like quiet. Not to mention. Did they ever go up to anybody who is disabled? Did they ever go up to anybody who was homeless? Did they ever go up to anybody who just didn't dress the way that they liked? No, they went up to the young females, single female, look supposedly single females. They went up to the young couples. Um, they never went to the older, no. the elderly. They, there was like, you could tell there was an audience that, they preach to and i i noticed this probably well before this time but i just didn't i didn't let it stay in my head like especially if we were downtown on street preaching and we were just going through downtown there were several people homeless people people on bikes people in wheelchairs people just sitting on a stoop or something like you didn't go to them because they weren't clean. They didn't look like they could do, like, I don't know. They made you feel I, uncomfortable in some kind of way, I guess yeah. you could say. You mm -hmm. were going to the people who looked well put together. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because because that's that's how Jesus did it, don't you know? Jesus, <laughs> right, he, he exactly. St he steered clear of those tax collectors and prostitutes and the, you oh, know, yeah. the, the, the crippled and the blind and the the mm -hmm. lame and the poor, you know, he just, he didn't yeah. really, because obviously, you know, God has a target audience. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> what utter, what utter nonsense. Yeah. And I definitely, I think I just saw it the most during that time because we were preaching every day that week while they were here. And then like when I couldn't make it to preaching on a couple of occasions, it made me feel guilty. And I'm like, this isn't even a service that I'm missing. I'm feeling guilty because I'm not going preaching with a group and I'm apparently missing out on a blessing from having these members here with us, helping us preach and to grow our church. And like, it was that the veteran thing was probably the biggest red flag. And then when I would, like, there was one weekend I was home and I had a migraine so bad. And I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it to church today. And she was like, oh, my goodness, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I just have a really bad migraine. I got my blackout curtain shut in my room. I can't open my eyes as the lights are on. And she was like, okay, well, will you join virtually? And I'm like... I mean, I can, like, I didn't want to lie and say I couldn't because I mm -hmm. have a computer I can join virtually. Like I can join virtually. Um, I 
just can't tell you I can keep my eyes open or anything. Like, I don't know how well I'm going to be for service. And she was like, well, if you could at least join and keep the light on so they can see you. Okay. And like, even you got to take the picture before service. If you're virtual, you got to take the picture after service. If you're virtual, because they got to know that you were there. And so the picture I sent her, I'm pretty sure my eyes were squinting. They were barely open. Um, I had the light on so she could see it. And the whole service, my eyes were shut. And I couldn't stand, like, I couldn't stand up for the singing. And the whole time I'm like, you know, am I going to get in some kind of trouble because they're seeing that I'm not standing? Because they're seeing that my eyes are shut the whole way. Like, that was my whole thought factor. And I didn't attend the other services that day because that migraine didn't go away and that just didn't, it wasn't right. And um, yeah, it was, I know it was before Christmas that I left. Um, mm -hmm. And that was a whole thing in itself that they teach you about with Christmas. And it's like, it's not all wrong, um, but the, they tell you, you know, you can't celebrate Christmas. It's a sin if you celebrate Christmas. It's a pagan holiday. And I'm like, okay, Christ wasn't born on Christmas Day. Got it. But if somebody's giving me a gift, what am I supposed to do? If somebody says Merry Christmas to me, what am I supposed to do? You just don't say it back. Don't say it back. Don't give a gift on Christmas. If you want to give a gift, just give it some other day. I'm like, Okay, then. So that was a whole thing I had to start preparing for. And I was I was exhausted at this time. I was trying to do as much as I possibly could keep up with now that I was able to do everything. And I got completely and utterly burnt out. Um, and, you know, after the the preaching event and me not feeling well several times after that, actually, it was I was, I just couldn't do it. So whenever they offered, if I could join virtually, which they may not have even done it the last time, um, I might have said I just couldn't feel good or I didn't feel good and they didn't even offer it. Maybe I really don't remember. Um, but basically, I just stopped going back and I told them I wasn't feeling well. And that's when they started checking in on me. And sometimes I'd answer and say, oh, yeah, I'm good. I've just been so busy. And I just haven't had the time. Life is life has happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and then eventually I stopped responding it's, because I just didn't want to keep lying to them. Yeah, because you you left because of like they were putting your body in like a physical harm when you're trying to to do what you know they want you to do, but your body is just not mm -hmm. able to. You're sick. You know, mm -hmm. like you can't even open your eyes. Like you have like people suffer from migraines. Like it's mm -hmm. for some people, it's very intense. It's not like, yeah. oh, I have a headache, you know, or I feel like groggy. No, it's something that's very, very intense for a lot of people. And mm -hmm. for them to have absolutely no sympathy for you, you know, there was no yeah. like, is there anything we can do for you? Is there, like, it was just, you know, but you can't keep service. You can't take a photo. You can't, right. you know, like it, it kind of shows that they don't really care about you're a cog on the wheel to them exactly yeah <laughs> and they can't they 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 don't want that cog to go missing they don't you know they don't care yeah. about the needs of the cog 
unless it, <laughs> it, unless it has to do with their own needs. Of right. Course. So you, when you left, well, then though, you start learning everybody's a number. Like, and yeah. that was something else when I started attending all the time. That's something else you're introduced to during the later times of the day. You're, um, you get the meetings with the missionaries. You get the meetings with the um, Eastern pastor uh, in New York. And you see that everything is a number. How many preachings did you do this month or this week? How many Bible studies did you do this month or this week? How many did you do, or how many baptisms did you get? Okay, here are your goals for this month, for this quarter. And you then start to realize you're going for numbers. You are salesmen yeah. trying to sell something that isn't true as the truth. You are trying to make money for somebody who's not you. And yeah. when that finally dawned on me, it, it really did change my perspective in a lot of ways because I hate sales. I hate being in sales. I'm, I've been in them before and I can't stand it. <laughs> and when that became a, something I had to work with, that's part of the stressor. Like I need to make sure I preach this much. I got to help the members. I got to help the church. I got to be this part of the body. I got to make sure I'm doing something so they can do something. And like, we got to all work together. I can't be the oddball out. And if I ever went a week without preaching or getting a number for something, I felt like I failed everybody else. And I was just a disappointment. And yeah, they'd make you feel like that too, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh yeah. Like I, I'd go in and I'm like, I feel horrible. I didn't get any preaching done. And they just look at you and smile and go, Oh, it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. So when you, um, when you left though, uh, your feelings toward the, uh, the church's teachings, did you leave believing what they had taught you? Did you leave believing on Sung Hong was second coming Christ and that uh, Zhang Gilja was a female God and you know, this old lady's body. Um, did you believe um, all that stuff when you had left or were you kind of like, yeah, I could walk away from this. I don't really need this. I didn't know anymore because in my head, I'm like, if I can leave them, did I ever believe? If I no. can leave this place, was I truly faithful? If I can leave this place, is it even real? Like okay. I, and then you have that fear. Well, what if that was true? What if, what if they were telling the truth and I'm just being lazy now? I don't want to go back. I probably attended one service at their new location when they moved houses after I started the doubting process and thinking I didn't want to go back. Um, I think I went to one more and it was a third day service and uh, I didn't go back after that. But yeah, I didn't know what to believe. Um, I remember I would still pray to father and mother a little bit shortly after leaving. And I say a little bit because I wasn't sure how to pray. I wasn't sure if I was praying to the right God or not, because I grew up with Jesus. Jesus was the one that you prayed to. Yes. And I was taught he's not the one you're sh you should be praying to anymore. So yeah, now I have that, that conflicting in my head. Yeah. Yep. And 
I'm like, well, I don't want to pray to the wrong person. Eventually, if I prayed at all, I just said, dear God. Mm -hmm. And I would, my thoughts would then on their own start saying, Jesus, God, the father, God, the mother, who am I praying to? Like I'm <laughs> saying, dear God. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh no, like God knows my thoughts. So like what's happened? Like it was, it was hard like, <laughs> to think when some, if, when you start praying in general, like you think about everybody saying, oh, I don't know how to pray. I literally didn't know how to pray anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I felt like what you're saying is exactly how I felt. You know, I, I felt mm -hmm. like, you know, when you're going, cause you leave, it's not like you just leave and like you just pick up where you left off and everything's fine and dandy. Like you said, there's all these what ifs, there's mm -hmm. this guilt, the shame, these feelings that you have and you go back and when you're in this moment of distress, what you want to do most is reach out to God for help. And, you mm -hmm. know, you sit down and you want to pray. And then it's just like, they've taken that away from you. Like, right. you know, you want to like, say, who's like, able to give me comfort. <laughs> exactly. And that that's one of the worst things that they've done is mm -hmm. they've not even given you comfort in God anymore, mm -hmm. you know, right. because they've taught you that God is like, you know, the name Jesus is uh, like you pray to that name and you receive condemnation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's very, very lonely um, when you leave. And besides the fact that like, you know, you just had all these very close bonds with people and now they're all gone. Um, you fear yeah. that maybe, like you said, like I, I was thinking, did I do something wrong? Like if, if I doubting mm -hmm. in my, because like, I'm just a bad person and, you know, I, maybe I, I haven't been, you know, praying enough. Maybe I haven't been preaching enough. Maybe I haven't been like, what's wrong with me that I left? Like, you know, you go through all these mm -hmm. different things when you leave. Mm -hmm. So when, when you, when you were leaving, I'm sure even just after like nine, 10 months in the church, mm -hmm. you left like, but not unscathed. Tell us about like mm -hmm. what it was like. What did you experience in that, that time frame? Um, in addition to, you know, prayers just being so difficult. Uh, the Bible stayed shut. Um, couldn't read that anymore. Uh, Cause if I tried and I like right in the beginning in Genesis, like there's the, mm -hmm. the verses about God creating man in his image, male and female. Like you can't get past that without thinking of what they taught you. Mm -hmm. And then there were times where it's like, okay, well, maybe I should go back. Maybe I should go back because that's where I was happy. I was feeling happy there at some point. Maybe I just have to learn more and understand more and just do better. Don't be, don't be making excuses, don't be lazy. But then it turns into, but I've been gone. I left, I haven't even spoken to them. I can't go back. <laughs> I can't go back because what are they gonna think? What are they gonna, what have they already thought of me since leaving? Mm -hmm. um, and even though part of me thought for sure they'd welcome me back with open arms, it's like I felt ashamed for leaving. Like I couldn't show my face there again. Um, but oddly, I mean, you mentioned these high highs of being there. Like, you know, you mm -hmm. felt happy there. Mm -hmm. But then also, you know, 
it's like the the cycles of abuse because mm -hmm. then i'm yeah. sure that there were also very low lows so you know it's kind of like when you leave an abuser like you know you think back to the good times but you right. know sometimes it's, you have to remember and you try to forget the bad yeah like yeah. well from being abused like you try to forget the bad and only remember the good so you can accept the fact that you were even there exactly um, and uh, like my sister's boyfriend at the time mentioned at some point that he wanted to come to church with me one day and when i brought it up to them they were like do you know why because they were afraid he might have had bad intentions like intentions of being there to judge and stuff like that mm -hmm. and i'm like okay well i can understand where they're coming from with that and i was like no i don't think so he seems pretty eager to learn he never came in but i found out after the fact he wanted to see if they were trying to drive a wedge between me and my husband to get us to split up and then possibly mm -hmm. arrange something within the church because I could never get my husband to come. My husband was always the reason I couldn't go to every service and do all things because I was anchored by him. Like he's with me. He, we are one flesh. Like that's how it works. <laughs> my burdens are his burdens. His burdens are my burdens. Like we, I can't just leave him and do everything for the church. And you have him in the background too. Like he's all, he would try telling me, you don't have to do all this stuff to go to church, like to go to heaven. All you have to do is be saved. That's it. Except yeah. Christ is your savior and you're saved. You don't have to go do all these things. And I'm like, well, the Bible says, it comes back to what they teach you. The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, but it only, you come to realize the Bible says one verse here. The Bible says one verse there. The Bible says one verse here and there and here. Mm -hmm. And then you have this whole book in the Bible that says why all of these things are no longer relevant and why your mm -hmm. husband is right when he tells you that you don't have to do all these things to get to heaven. Igno not knowing the Bible is how they will get you sucked in. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. mm -hmm. and thinking that they're teaching from the Bible by teaching in scattered verses all over it is not teaching from the Bible. Like that'll get you in trouble. Too. That's what got me in trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, you, you go to this book, chapter, verse, then you go over here in the New Testament. And that was something that drew me into, oh, they're showing you in the old and the New Testament. They're showing in both how these are done. Yeah. But they completely leave out all the context. And I did never, like, I never tried reading around the verses. I never tried reading through each chapter, each book in their entirety. I studied what they told me to study. And then they give you all these other books to read. So you don't have time to read the Bible. They... Like, that's what I've become convinced of. It's like they give you all these books. Not to mention mm -hmm. you have to pay for some of them. If you want these oh, books yeah. and you want to learn, you have to pay for them. Mm -hmm. um, and and there's discouragement, so, right, from, from going off on your own and just going through the Bible, going chapter after chapter. Did you... I personally didn't experience that, but I'm sure okay. I wouldn't be surprised to be honest, yeah. because 
And I don't think I experienced that because I didn't know enough about the Bible to feel like they were teaching me wrong. Right. So I was already thinking that they were teaching me correctly from the Bible. So I didn't feel a need to read around it. But now that I have a lot, I still haven't gone through every book of the Bible, but I've definitely read a lot of it, a good portion of it and reading through full books at a time. And now, and this took me, uh, left in like November, early December, 2021 until I want to say July or August, July, maybe maybe a little sooner of this year, maybe even May. It took me that long to open the Bible again. And um, that's mostly because my husband and I started doing it together. Um, mm. We started watching a show together that he kept being told about in his profession, like others just kept mentioning it. And he's like, I think we really need to watch a show because it keeps coming up. And I'm like, okay. Is it so The Chosen or? The Chosen, yeah. Yeah. And um, so we started watching that and I was like, oh, and even in that, like when stuff that was familiar to me from the WMSCOG teachings, when something came up that reminded me of that, I was like, wow, that's totally not the same. And I would then want to read the Bible, not just because of that too, but to even see the accuracy of the show. It's like, I know we shouldn't take what we see on TV as, scripture itself it's all in the bible like your bible's your scripture that's the most accurate piece you're going to see um but when we started studying together that's when i realized i was still not over any of this i was still bringing up oh but the they my old church taught this my old church said this about this verse they said this about this verse but and the reason i brought it up is because i'm reading around those verses and i'm seeing them in the context and i'm understanding what they really meant my husband got tired of me continuing to bring it up too he was like <laughs> he's like do you want to go back to that church and i'm like no i'm just telling you this is what they said and that's not what it was and he was like well i'd really appreciate it if you stopped bringing it up I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, but that, yeah, it, it opened my eyes. I really wasn't truly healed from it. Hmm. And uh, like we, we both basically went through our moments of being saved shortly after that. And I still struggled even after that feeling guilty that I ever turned away from what I had technically known already. I turned away from it. And I went to something completely different and wrong. And like when you go through the Bible, it's like the biggest thing you can do is say no to Jesus Christ. And that's essentially what I feel like I did. And I think I've gotten over that guilt now because, you know, I went through watching your videos, Jordan, and they've actually helped a lot because just seeing like Anthony's, Verdeen's, Michelle's, um, Jeremy's, like all the testimonies, it they helped me heal through it because I now see that not only have other people gone through the same things that I have, they've probably been impacted worse because they've been around longer and they were in it longer. Like I can't 
Don't diminish. I couldn't your imagine. So, you know, no, you, I know. Yeah, you, you <laughs> definitely, you know, maybe, you know, we never want to compare like one person's, you know, oh, I know. Other, but like, I, I, I know what you mean, but I, I, I feel like, you know, even the fact that you took all that, you know, time off, probably as much time as you were in the church, you took that time off mm -hmm. just about. And yeah. then um, it's still in your mind. It's still something mm -hmm. that you know, is a worry for you that you just kind of mm -hmm. push on the back burner, but it was lingering. Yeah. And yeah. it's good that, you know, because like we were talking about reading the Bible, I know that for me, like I would read the Bible, but I wouldn't read the Bible in its context because mm -hmm. I just knew, oh, when I get to this verse randomly, this is what it's talking about. And I would kind mm -hmm. of, even though reading the context, not get the context because I thought I knew the context. Yeah. And then, right. you know, cause you, you have these uh, pre-implanted explanations of what that means. So when you mm -hmm. get to it, you know, you are already pre-assuming what it is about. So you neglect what it's right. saying in context. Like you have to consciously take yourself back and just remember, read it with fresh eyes, read it like brand yeah. new. Um, yeah. But it, it, did you feel when you started to return back to Jesus, when you started to come back to the church, um, you had mentioned the guilt you had felt for denying mm -hmm. Jesus before and mm -hmm. for following the name on Sung Hong and for like following this secondary, you know, additional non-existent female God. Um, <laughs> but looking back, like, how do you, as a Christian, look back at the things you had done before? Um, mm -hmm. And I know that like, there's so much uh, forgiveness and welcoming in, you know, in the Bible through Jesus. But what mm -hmm. was your, like, how have you dealt with your previous time of believing something non-biblical in such intensity, you know, and denying what you had once known? Basically, so I'd say the moment I can go back to the, like the moment I was saved. I literally just fell to my knees crying and I finally prayed to Jesus for the first time. And I asked him, you know, come in my heart. Uh, I need you now more than ever because this, I now know that I was in the wrong. And whenever I started feeling guilty after that, it's like, I know I've been forgiven. Nothing will ever compare to the guilt, like nothing I've done in my life. I don't think will ever compare to the guilt I felt from that, from being in WMSCOG and understanding how wrong it was. Um, and every time I would feel guilty, I would just pray. And I'm like, like, I would just pray, like, you know, help me, help me through this guilt. I know you've forgiven me, help me forgive myself. And forgiving myself was hard. And especially when I know in the Bible, it says, you know, if you can't forgive others, how is God supposed to forgive you? And it's like, well, if I can't forgive myself, even though I know I've been forgiven, like I should be able to forgive myself. But I, I just prayed. And now, after it's been a while, like the guilt has definitely subsided. 
Um, I know I'm where I should be now. Uh, we, I, I say attend church, but we actually do a live stream of church from home every Sunday because the church we attend is actually not local. Um, we have too many churches that are local that don't teach the biblical truths, I guess you could say. Like okay. there's out of elevation you got a lot of man-centered churches here <laughs> okay um not yeah. so much biblical god-centered churches so um i've been helping uh an old family friend of my husband's with his website he used to be a pastor for the church that we attend and he was a professor in college um and taught the truths of the bible so he actually created his own website and i help him with that, like I take care of, I've completely reformatted it basically. Like I got the design, I guess, for it and he just adds the material in. Um, and that's been a huge help, just having access to his studies. Um, doing, like studying with my husband together was a huge answered prayer for me. The fact that we even started that together has been a huge help in my faith and my growth. and help me realize that I'm definitely where I need to be now because now I'm with my husband. I'm not alone. I'm not fighting against anybody to be faithful to any, like to God. I'm, I'm where I need to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. So yeah. this, if this isn't true, then I don't know what is. <laughs> so I, I had two quick points. Um, first is just, I recently got an email from some of, uh, former member who is was very concerned and i've heard this come up before about mm -hmm. the unforgivable sin and this fear that well i i put my faith in the name of on song hong i kind of rejected the name of jesus for that time have i committed the unforgivable sin and and this is something that uh, me and uh, edgar and i are going to be doing a video soon answering some questions and this is one of those questions so we'll dig into this more i just wanted to say real quick to that for those who might be feeling that's, you know, similar sort of guilt, uh, fear. Um, there's, there's a, it, I don't want to minimize what it is to, you know, put your faith in Aung Song Hong, but I also want to say Aung Song Hong, uh, <laughs> but, but I also want to say that most every single person that gets into this group and puts their faith in, uh, in, in Christ's on song home instead of Christ. They're not doing so willfully. They're doing so out of a place of a lot of ignorance about what they're doing. Um, and, you know, you think about Jesus on the cross was praying to those who were crucifying him. He was saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Uh, and so I, I, what you have done in embracing uh, another name of Christ that is not the unforgivable sin that is so there's so much misunderstanding that people just get wrapped up in so much unnecessary fear about the unforgivable sin and and it sounds like that happens in this context as well uh, mm -hmm. there you know there's even a biblical distinction between uh, uh, sins of, of ignorance and those that are intentional and unintentional sins it's even uh, a principle in the the uh, law of Moses. And so just to say that there is, this is not something that's too big for, for God to handle. Mm -hmm. This is, this is not something that God is shocked about. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how could, how could she have possibly <laughs> done that? I can't get over this. 
uh, I would just say that to think about God in that way, which will just continue to fuel guilt, I think is in, in some parts at least, to still hold in your mind a perception of God that was given to you by uh, the WMS, because God's not like that. He's not angry at you about what for what you did. He's he's like the father of the prodigal son who's just overjoyed that you just came back home where you belong. Um, yeah. And so the second thing has completely left my mind. So, um, Anthony, if you if you have another question, I'll, I'll hand it back to you. No, I mean, you know, here here's here's the one thing I'll um. I'll also bring up is not only did the church make us feel um, disconnected from the name Jesus, but uh, something that we brought up on the live stream yesterday is that looking at uh, pastors, looking at priests, looking at any leadership at another church before we were taught, like, you know, avoid those false prophets, they're wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, mm -hmm we'd look at them in fear and feel so uncomfortable around them. Every other church building we'd see, we'd look at it and be like, ooh, so scary. Oh, it's full of demons. It's full of, you know, evil spirits. They created a fear in us. Um, so not just a, here we are looking at, um, you know, the name Jesus negatively, but we look at all other churches and all other spiritual leaders yeah. negatively as well. Yeah. For you, overcoming those fears, uh, taking that opportunity to go back into um, another church, uh, go back into a place of involvement with a, a faith. Was was there a lot of hesitation with it, or by this point were you comfortable? Honestly, if my husband didn't bring it up first. I most likely wouldn't have. Um, but when he did, I think I was actually overjoyed at the fact that he was interested in growing his faith, that I was all in it with him. I was like, let's do this because I, I have my own demons I need to get rid of and I need to figure out where the truth is again. Um, I need to come back to Jesus Christ essentially. Like, And uh, I mean, we're taught you know, he will never leave you or nor forsake you. Um, he's not willing that any of us shall perish. So uh, as Jordan was saying, you realize that just because you, you did turn away from Jesus in that moment of ignorance, so to speak, I'm sure it essentially broke his heart, but he's definitely overjoyed when you decide to come back um, and when you accept him back into your life. And he will absolutely get you through all of it. Um, and all of the healing, <laughs> all of the healing you need. Um, he will, he will definitely see you through it. And, uh, I'd say it's it's, it's been a lot better. Um, I thought joining a faith, joining back into Christianity would be hard. I thought joining any kind of faith would be hard because I wasn't sure how much trust I'd be able to put into it. Um, but it definitely helped that my husband was with me. And it definitely helped me believe that this was the truth because I couldn't do it again on my own. I couldn't go through something like that and have my husband fighting me on it. It didn't, it didn't seem right the first time. And it scared me that it would tear us apart the first time. Um, 
so that we're together now just it, it basically confirms everything for me yeah it's definitely amazing to see the night and day comparison to the one church that had you at odds with him and had mm -hmm. you at odds with your family and now this one that has brought harmony you know mm -hmm. that brought your family yeah. even closer together so mm -hmm. it's um you know they deny that the church splits up families but the way that they make you live and the mm -hmm. way that they uh alter your life they put themselves above everything in your life and mm -hmm. honestly like the fact that you know your family was even concerned that the church was trying to drive wedges between you and your husband that they were noticing mm -hmm. signs of that um yeah. it, it you know it just shows kind of what this how like corruptive and corrosive this uh Wimscog organization is <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah you know yeah. I, i'm very happy for you that you know even though you went through this experience in a way it was almost like a catalyst for you and your husband in time yeah. to Mm -hmm. find faith yeah. yeah i on i do believe i had to go through that uh to get where i am now and like my husband had always said he was a christian but he was also he realized he was never truly saved because he didn't want to leave the way he was living and he was brought up in the church he had been going to church his whole life until he was an adult and he went to military like he went into the air force um but since then, he just wanted to keep living the way he wanted to live. He believed in God. He believed in Jesus Christ, but he wanted to live the way he lived. Um, so, yeah, I think I had to go through what I did to see the wrong that's out there, I guess you could say. Um, yes. And to understand when the time came that Jesus Christ really is the truth. And the Bible is God's word. And this is what you need to know. And you don't have to do everything in your own flesh. You don't have to like, you should preach the gospel to people. Like you should at least tell them if you want to, but it, it's not, you're not doing it for a number goal. You're not trying, you, you don't, you're not doing it so other people see that you're doing it. Um, and, and also, and also your relationship with God isn't hinged on on whether or not you do it's, right. it's not as if if i do this today you know then i can i can go and i can hang out with god today i can be in his presence right. i can have fellowship with him if i don't then that's not the case that's that's not exactly that's not even part you of don't the feel any sort of obligation uh you know you know god's working in you and you know he's gonna have his will be done in you as long as you let it be done if you're meant to go out preaching somewhere you will have the urge to do it <laughs> yeah. but but like again i'm not that person i haven't even really yeah. done it like since being saved i've been studying the bible i don't want to talk about it really to anybody until i know for sure what i'm talking about in the bible is accurate i know the bible's accurate what may come out of my mouth when i'm talking about it I might get words wrong. I might get something mixed up and it's already happened. Just talking with my husband. He's like, that's not what it says. And I'm like, really? And I'd go back and I'd look and it's like, Oh, well, see, this is why I don't talk to other people about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you, you preach through your lifestyle. You preach through your, mm -hmm. you know, you preach through who you are 
you know, it, it doesn't right, exactly. mean you're going to go interrupt somebody in Walmart in order to do right. it. You should, I'm not going to be Apostle Paul yeah. in a synagogue fighting yeah. against the Pharisees. I'm not going to be doing yeah. that. But, you know, yeah, there, if anybody were to meet me, they would see. Like, yeah, there, there's a kind of a strange and I think unhealthy guilt sort of motivated association that not just in the WMS, but I've I've been in certain streams of evangelical Christianity as well. I mean, I I, I was in a, a um, place in, in my early teens uh, where we went to different parts of the country and, and we'd go up to people at Disneyland. We'd walk up to people at, at the beaches and uh, well-intended. And, and I'm not saying that yeah. that's always wrong, but just the, the whole knowing where, where I was, why I was doing it, what I was doing and, and that whole approach, I just look back on and cringe and think that the, mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't. Yeah. I just think there's this, this yeah. false sense of guilt that people have that, Oh, I'm expected to be, if I go to Walmart, if I, at every turn, I need to be, you know, telling somebody <laughs> and, and that's not to downplay telling people about Christ and what he's done in you, but that should come from a sincere, mm -hmm. like overflow place, not a, a guilt uh, and, and, you know, I, I have to do this right. or else kind of place, but send um, your picture to prove that you're preaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, uh, I, I suppose we should wrap this up here. Anthony, I know you have some meetings to get to. Yeah. Um, I, uh, though, I guess the last question I wanted to ask you and then Anthony, if you have anything, uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of had the final question, but uh, was just that, you know, a few moments ago, you were talking about, you know, in, in a rather confident and, and sincere way. And I'm sure if we spent more time with you, we'd see even more of it. But what I'm noticing just listening to you in a few moments here is that as you're talking about, you're talking about in Jesus, there's healing, there's, there's this, there's that. And you're saying it with a sense of like uh, confidence and, mm -hmm. and assurance. And uh, uh, I don't know, there's just something about that that struck me about how you were kind of saying that a few times that my my immediate thought was, oh, that's that's a different person I'm seeing there than what you've just spent the last, you know, two hours describing. And, and so I'm wondering if you can maybe speak a little bit to coming back to kind of my earlier question about peace when I asked if you had peace in any measure in the WMS and maybe. Uh, maybe if you see a distinction between what your internal experience is now with with uh, Christianity as compared to what it was um, in in the WMS's version uh, of it. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because I honestly didn't notice that myself, but it makes me feel good that you noticed that. <laughs> um, so. <sighs> I'd say like, so in WMS, I remember whenever I, I would always say, you know, oh, we have the truth. We have the truth. But I will say when we went out preaching, I feel like an idiot, like going up to somebody. Oh, have you heard about mother? Have, do, you, do you want to learn about the Passover? Like, and then should anybody want to come to the church? Like my sister, whenever I'd want to invite her over, I'm like, well, if, if they say God bless you all the time. Don't worry about it. That's just what they do. Like that's their way of saying hello. That's their way of saying thank you. Stuff like that. I, 
it's like you kind of had to walk on eggshells a little bit because they were so different. And yeah. they do have a completely different doctrine than what anybody is used to hearing about. And yeah, it was like walking on eggshells. So you had your obligations, you had that, that you had to worry about. Um, heaven forbid you did something that they didn't agree with and all of a sudden you're, you're, you don't have enough faith, you did something wrong, you've sinned against God. Right. It, it's almost like, I don't, I say Catholicism, but it's, it's an extreme in my mind to that sort, looking back. It's that kind of extreme where they place pressure on you. But now I'm, there is peace. Um, there is complete peace with me following Jesus Christ now. Like I know he has helped me through the healing that I've gone through since leaving and since praying about it. I didn't pray for that long of a gap between leaving and being saved. I wasn't praying any of that time. But as soon as I started praying again and I prayed to Jesus and I, I felt the difference in my life and I've been living a different life, it's it's brought a, a lot of calm. And if I've had any questions, I can actually get the answers either in the Bible or from the studies that I've been doing through the church or through pastor that my husband's known since he was a kid. Um, but most of my answers have come from the Bible. Like I find myself now when my husband's even having a question about something, if he's not, if he's going through something in his life, his work or something, I'm like, okay, well, what, what did it say here? Like, remember this book, remember where it said this and i may not know exactly where i may not know book chapter verse by heart but i know what it said and what it says there in order to be able to have an idea where to look mm -hmm. and i find myself always looking back to the bible now and i don't have to worry about condemnation if i have a question if something doesn't sound right if i don't understand something completely I know I may not, it may not be my time to understand this yet. So I shouldn't be so focused on it. There's something else that I need to be focused on. And it's like, it's been an amazing few months since all this has gone down. And my husband and mine's relationship has been, I feel like better than it probably ever has. We've been together, um, It'll be 13 years in February. We've been married just over five years. Um, and the fact that we're growing together in faith and we're both learning together, it's it's been amazing. Like there's still kind of that hint. It's like one of us might judge the other based on how we're, how <laughs> we're projecting our faith and, you know, should they really be doing that? Should I really be doing this? Like that sort of thing. But I mean, it's, it's never caused any sort of conflict. I think that's probably just a normal, it's a human thing to do that. Um, but no, I have no regrets in my mind from WMSCOG for being with them. I know that was part of my journey. It had to be part of my journey. Um, to bring me to where I am and to be able to put my faith wholly and completely in Jesus Christ at this point in time in my life. Excellent. 
Well, um, for for me, my my kind of final question, and it gonna it's gonna wrap up into something that I feel like uh, Jordan probably wouldn't ask uh, himself. Um, however, you Good. know, if you look at the the general <laughs> um, population. You know, no one really thinks that some group like this can get them until they get them or someone they love. Mm -hmm. Like it comes out yeah. of nowhere. Getting information out is vital because the more stories that are told, the more information that's out there, the more people could be prepared when a group like this approaches them. Um, not just this particular organization, though, this is the one that, you know, is I'm aware about because of my experience and you're aware about because of your experience. However, um, the you know Great Light Studios and the uh, the answering the WMSCOG. These are sources that are helping people and getting information out. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you've been watching Jordan's videos and it's been helpful yeah. for you. Um, if you could kind of maybe speak about what you know this has done in order to help you in your journey. Um, having the, this resource of Great Light Studios and how it's helped you? its It's been an outlet. Um, when I left and I we started studying the Bible, to, me and my husband started studying again, when I realized that I hadn't fully gotten over everything that had happened and leaving, and I realized that there was a big part of me still needing to heal from all of this because I was stuck. Um, this was an outlet for me. I couldn't talk to my husband about it. Couldn't talk to my sister about it. Couldn't talk to anybody about it because they wouldn't understand. Nobody I knew was with me. I couldn't go to them, like the church. <laughs> um, yeah, and some people might have even considered it. Right, and I couldn't pray. I didn't, I didn't know how to pray yet. And it was a big, it was huge to me that I could see that other people have gone through this, that it wasn't just me. I could comment a comment here and there, like explaining, oh, this is exactly what I've been through. Oh, I know that experience. Like it was literally an outlet that I can, mm -hmm. it helped me let go because I could get it out. And this, like, just sending you guys the email with my testimony, that was probably the biggest thing. I was able to tell you my entire story. Didn't even care if you wanted an interview or not. I just wanted to give you guys my testimony. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. I, like, there, there was a time I probably, like, early on, I was probably dying to get an interview with you. But I was like, no, I, I realized what I really just needed was to tell somebody. Tell yeah. anybody who would listen yeah. what I went through, who might understand what I went through. And once I could get that off and outside of me, I could move on from it. And that's exactly what happened. Like before this interview, just like when we said that we would interview and everything, once I sent that email and once I got your response, it just, I was, it was like my feelings, I guess, were validated, um, so to speak. Like mm -hmm. oh, I, somebody's answer, Anthony answered me and I'm like, oh my goodness, he's been through this. Like he's one of the videos, the interviews that I've watched. And 
I was like, it, it just felt great to have somebody to talk to who knew and understood. And that way I could make peace with it. I could move on and heal. And with prayer, like I said, prayer helped a lot. Like I kept praying. I prayed before I sent that testimony just to, just to make sure that that was even what I should be doing. It's like, just, just pray that I can heal and move on from this. Like I'm tired of hanging on to this, let it go. So I can let go of any kind of guilt so I can forgive myself and just keep moving and grow in my faith now. So that, that was the huge thing. Like if, yeah, you if know anybody what? It, has left, know that this is a great outlet <laughs> and you know what it's good because you found it when you left some people find it while they're indoctrinated in it and it helps them be set free and hopefully it could be preventative for other people you know whether they're just joining yeah. or just hearing about it or never heard about it before and now they're aware so you know, having this resource like has been so helpful for me. It's been helpful for you. It's been helpful for a lot of people. So um, I just kind of wanted to, you know, put that out there that it's it's yeah. been very helpful. And we were really thankful that you've you've reached out, you've connected. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, ex-members who it's not just you. You know, you were describing it like your husband, he's not going to get it. Your family's not going to get it it's a very lonely feeling. Um, mm -hmm. No one's really going to get like, I could, I could, I tell people about it a lot, you know, like there's no way I can, I'll talk about myself without this being like a topic, like, Oh, why'd you move right. to the area? And I can't say anything, but I escaped a cult, <laughs> you know, like, right. I, I, I can't yeah. be honest, you know, like I, I, I was dishonored <laughs> for so long about like what was happening in my life. You know, now I just have to say what really happened, but, Mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely um, it's great to be able to come together with people who understand and it is very healing. So, yeah. you know, if you have anyone, um, you know, additionally, you just want to talk to afterwards. You know, we have a great group of people um, to chat with and, you know, as, as you need to pick it up as you yeah. need, put it down as you need. But it's definitely great to have a community. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Well, yep. thank you for saying that, Anthony. And I'll just say that if anybody would like to do what uh, Katie has done and just sending a testimony over, I've actually throughout the past several years, I've, I have a lot of people that do that. They'll say, I'm, I'm not really ready for an interview. Here's my story and, and lay out sometimes paragraph after paragraph. They're just kind of venting. And, and I, so I don't think that your experience there is is unique. I think a lot of people feel that way, where they just they need they need somebody to say this to, somebody that they they know will understand. And the vast majority of people in most of their lives, you know, most people coming out of this, if they walk up and say, "Hey, I was in a mother god cult, and this is what happened," people are gonna be like, "What in the world are you talking about?" <laughs> but I think I think what people probably find in platforms like this is like, oh, look, there's somebody who gets it. There's somebody who right. is saying things that I know they can they can hear what I say. They can hear about my experience and validate that you're you know you are right to feel the way you right. do. It is okay that you feel the confusion, the frustration, the hurt, the the you know the disillusion about faith and, and everything else. It makes sense. And there's people here 
uh, hopefully people see people here that that can can hear your story and say we get it we understand and and it is okay where you're at and so um, if you want to reach out to us and whether to share your testimony if you're interested in doing an interview if you just want to talk behind the scenes um, to a former member uh, you can reach out to wmscog answers at greatlightstudios.com and that will be in the description of the video and then also everything all this uh i'm my my long-term goal is to be able to do great light studios and and the second channel answering the wms full time would be i would love that that's been a goal for the last five years it's been a, a bit slower uh getting there than i had hoped but that's okay i think moving in that direction and so um i want to say thank you to the multiple people who have joined uh support on Patreon over the past few months. And if you do want to support Great Light Studios uh, and, and just help all this continue to be done and more of it and, and, and done better, uh, I and others doing this work have a lot of plans for, for projects and things to do in the future that I think need to be done and, and will just be a huge impact. And so if you wanna support, you can uh, also find links to support Great Light Studios in the description of the video. And the hope would be that this can grow. There's other people beyond me doing work here. Um, and, and, and I would hope that, you know, uh, there's enough work to do here that hopefully in the future, others can, you know, spend more time doing it and, 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 and all that. And so, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed uh, hearing your your story, your perspective, and especially um, how you you came out on the other side and you found um, a faith in God that you you've continued walking in. That that is just something that is quite different uh, and distinct from from the one you had in the WMS. Yeah. Well, thank you again for having me. It's definitely been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you for listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, you can find links in the show notes of this episode. Thank you also to Burns Cornerstone Community Church and all the other monthly financial supporters who make it possible for me to do what I'm doing. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people.